Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Larson. Today we're with Kara Hamas of Brown County Barn Burner, an Airbnb in Nashville, Indiana. Kara is sharing about opening an Airbnb in a tourist destination and strategically building a space that serves both the tourist and the local community. She and her husband are doing a great job of blending the two and finding something that serves both. Kara also talks about some of the collaborations she's been a part of, as well as leading the local farmer's market. And speaking of that, Kara gave a phenomenal presentation to our Cultivate group about how to put on a farmer's market. And I wanted to let you know that for the month of September, you can come join our Cultivate community for free to see what it's all about. If you're ready to take your revitalization efforts to the next level, this is exactly why we created our Cultivate Coaching Group, to empower you with the community, tools, resources, action steps, and network you need to put revival into action and keep gaining momentum. There are lots of perks for joining this group, and I'll just let you know, this is where I share my best ideas. You can find all the details at ruralrevival.co slash cultivate and use the code cultivate free one word in all caps for your free access. I hope to see you in the group. And while you're there, be sure to find Kara's presentation. Kara has been a cultivate member from the beginning, and I'm excited for you to hear her story. So now on with the podcast. Here we go with Kara Hammes. All right, we're here today with Kara Hammes of Brown County Barn Burner in Nashville, Indiana, the infamous Brown County. Kara, <laughs> thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about you. Were you born and raised here? I was not. Um, my husband and two daughters, we've lived here for about five years now. Um, I grew up in southwestern Ohio between Dayton and Cincinnati. We met in Terre Haute, Indiana, going to college, and then have lived in Indiana ever since. And like I said, moved around a couple times on the north side of Indianapolis before deciding to make our roots down in Brown County about five years ago. So what was it that led you here? Um, I always, you know, ask people if they want the long or the short version, but the short version is just, we just kind of decided to. We both had... Um, vacationed here previously. My in-laws had a property here where they were looking to build a retirement home. And if you've ever been to Brown County, you know how beautiful and hilly and wooded it is. And that's the kind of place we like to travel. And we thought, why not live a place that is like vacation every day? So we, it really was just a little bit of a whim and looking for something different. And we've been, you know, so thankful that we made this leap five years ago, over five years ago, and have just loved it since we've been down here. So good. Um, what's your favorite part about living here? Um, I think it would, it's probably a tie between the people and just the beauty of nature. We would say, you know, after we had moved here, we'd maybe been here three months and we kind of, my husband and I looked at one another and we're like, I think we've made more friends in three months of living here than we had in the previous three years of living in another another town. And so it just, we lucked into meeting people with, you know, kids the same age as ours that we really clicked with. And we've loved that piece. And then we also love, there are a lot of, there's a lot of like hiking and uh, mountain biking and just really beautiful outdoor spaces here in Brown County. And we love that we can 
take advantage of those anytime we want. You know, anytime we're able to make time, it's just a few miles away or in our own backyard, really. And we love that. Yeah. I think we've talked about this throughout the day today, but when you think of Indiana, you don't necessarily think like hills and you kind of think flat farmland, but this is completely the opposite. This little, little section of Indiana. Yeah. Yep. It is um, definitely a one of a kind place and we, we love getting to live here. Yeah. So you came here with some ideas of what you wanted to do, and you definitely have an entrepreneurial mindset, Um, and we'll get into all the things that you're involved in, but has that always been a passion of yours? Um, I, you know, I think when I look in retrospect, like the things I have done and schooling and previous jobs have built to where we are now and what we're trying to do, but... um, even when we were, you know, preparing to build the barn burner and talking to our families about it, we got some weird looks like, what is this that you're signing yourselves up for and and going to take on? Um, I really wasn't, you know, like the kid that had every business going or the lemonade stand or any of that. So I don't know what it is other than a drive, you know, to create the kind of life that we want. And as we've evolved as a family and just gotten older in life like the way we see the path we see to be able to have the life we want involved you know this type of entrepreneurial venture and we've been able to bring together skills of mine that are very different from skills my husband has and just like we've been able to mesh those and make something out of it but it has been a winding road I would say on both of our parts to get to this point. I think many of our listeners will identify with that so we are here at the Barn Burner right now recording this. This is your gorgeous Airbnb. Talk to us about how this came about. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it just it has, has felt like a, a bit of a winding road to get here. Um, with living in Brown County, it is um, definitely known regionally. It's, it's a big tourist destination for um, like Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Louisville, and places farther than that, but definitely kind of that like hour to two hour radius from here because of the topography, because of like the quaint small townness of it and the natural beauty. And so um, we had done work of our own previously, like fixing up houses we lived in and remodeling and all of that. And so we in had kind of a bent towards that. And so we had begun discussing if we would buy a a home here that we could rent out as a tourist home, like on Airbnb. And just as we got to know the area better, the market, the rules and regulations that go into that, you know, we were just kind of having a hard time really getting behind that as a plan, like buying a house that would be permitted to be a tourist home around here. There's some regulations that are specific to our county about what can be approved and how many people they'll allow to stay. And we just, I don't know, it just never quite felt right to go that path. And um, I actually remember it was like a St. Patrick's Day or something, and we'd happen to notice that there was um, a building, an, an old property in town that was for sale. We kind of walked around to look at it before going out to dinner with some friends. And that was kind of where the kernel of this started. I honestly don't even, I think it was like a brainwave I had while hiking. Like, I don't even know what got us kind of on this route. Um, so we ended up purchasing the, the 
commercial, the business zoned property where the barn burner is now. Um, there were, and we went through a lot of things with figuring out how to get the funding and all of that. But our idea basically with buying that property and designing the barn burner to be what it is now is that rather than, and I will say, you know, we had an idea of how much it would cost us to do this and we were very wrong, but you know, we told ourselves, <laughs> um, oh, we could buy, the, you know, the, what it would cost us to buy two or three tourist homes we could instead buy this property and build this structure, which now, as it sits today, has four, um, four apartments in it that we can either rent individually as short-term rentals. We prioritize renting the full thing because when it makes sense for large groups and when large groups are traveling more, like that's a way we are able to distinguish ourselves. But so we're meeting that kind of tourist home in quotes needs. It's not a home, it's a business. Um, but we're able to do that while also kind of stacking these other business uses. We've got a decent sized commercial re retail space that's on the first floor that we rent to a local bike shop. And then there's also a space, we just call it the event space. It's got an attached catering kitchen and that can be rented by people that are staying in the lodging, um, or separately. We do both. Um, and it also allows us to host some things for the community that we're excited about being able to offer. Um, because we live here, like we want this to be a community that offers things that we love as well. You know, it's not, not just to serve the tourists. And so um, we, it just really, I guess, jived for us that by designing this building the way that we have, we, have the tourist piece because that is, you know, that's an aspect of our community and of the economy in our community, but it also allowed us to have these other uses that you couldn't have in a residential zone or like maybe you couldn't justify the cost of um, just on their own, but we're really happy with how it came, um, came together. And yeah, I mean, like I said, that was a very long answer because we've, it has been a winding path and there's like a lot of things kind of stacked together here that we've managed to fit, fit into this one building, but. Yeah. I just love how strategic you have been about it because you're right. There is that happy medium between serving the tourist community and then serving the, the actual community who lives here year round. So I think you've done an incredible job of blending the two and finding something that serves both. So we're sitting in the Airbnb, one of the Airbnb units right now. And I mean, it's gorgeous. We're, out, we're overlooking a shared patio space, which is gorgeous. Um, but you kind of, you really thought through what you were going to put here. And so talk a little bit about that. I mean, just as we were touring today, you were telling me about the kitchen downstairs and the event space and, you know, what you included hookups for that you may not be using right now, but what if you want that down the road? And I mean, there just was a lot of thought that you put into this. So talk about that process. Yeah, I think some of it was based on, you know, needs, potential needs we see in the community, but also a little bit like 
this is by far and away the biggest project we've ever undertaken. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you think you have a good idea, you have something you're excited about, but there's always that thing in the back of your mind, like, oh, God, what if, <laughs> what if <laughs> what I think will work won't work? And so um, just for our own peace of mind, we wanted to have kind of build in as many options as was reasonable. You know, there's a limit to how much you can do there, but um, just like we, we knew we were building the lodging with the goal of targeting large groups. Um, and we made all these plans well prior to 2020, we literally signed our construction loan. Um, I think it was March 11th of 2020. Mm -hmm. And by the next week, you know, we were talking about what's an essential <laughs> job, you know, with our contractor, what are we going to be able to do? Can we even move forward with construction? And so, um, so the ideas that we had in our mind about what our lodging would look like off the bat was, you know, kind of blown out of the water before even one bit of construction had happened. But because we wanted to, you know, our thought process was how do we keep this flexible? We already had it designed as four individual units that are within the same building. So our idea was always it can be rented by large groups and we feel like we've designed it to suit that need well, but it can also be individual groups. So that was like flexibility we had built in without even knowing that it, you know. Right. Um, we, it's not what makes sense. It's not what we divide, like developed this as to be long-term lodging. Like if we wanted to have long-term renters who lived here permanently, but because they're apartments with full kitchens, like it could be that. And again, with COVID, it's like people might come here not wanting to go out to eat. They want to just eat in. Um, you mentioned the event space in the kitchen. It's like, we'd love to make that a full commercial kitchen. And it's a lot easier and less expensive to build in some of that infrastructure up front. But as it is, like, we don't know when or if we'll ever do that, but it would be a lot harder down the line to add a grease trap or all these other pieces. Um, and even the, re the commercial retail space, right now, we're lucky to have an amazing tenant in the bike shop, um, and they are leasing the entire space. But we designed that so that it could be split into two smaller spaces if we needed that down the line. And it's just, you know, this was a little bit, more than a little bit scary and exciting to undertake, but um, just trying to be sensible, like what could happen and what would be our response to that um, has already served us better than we could have ever predicted in, you know, all of that planning in 2018 and 2019. I mean, we didn't have any idea right. any of this was coming. And, yeah. you know, thank gosh, thank goodness that we are, we're positioned to be able to kind of roll with that. There's still been challenges for sure, but I can't imagine what it would have looked like if oh yeah, we hadn't given ourselves kind of that flexibility from the get-go. Yeah, for sure. Well, and what I love about the space too is if you bring a family here, you can still have your own space, but yet it's a communal space as well. And so I just, yeah, I really love how you thought about all of that. So what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned just as an entrepreneur that might 
help our audience. You know, we all understand how it is a process and definitely a journey. So what are some of the things that you learned through all of this? Yeah. In addition to the COVID piece, <laughs> man. Um, I mean, I think that like you have to believe in your own dream or, you know, whatever it is yeah. you're pursuing fully because I'm not exaggerating to say we talked in detail with at least five different banks, you know, going down the road of trying to get a loan. And um, we always like joked amongst ourselves, well, if we can convince a bank to get us money, then like our plan's fine because there's so much more conservative than you will be. And not that things don't go wrong and, you know, a hundred different things, but it's like we had to be really tenacious about sticking with that and selling that dream to the bank. Like, obviously there's plenty of people that what they're pursuing doesn't require the huge like upfront capital that we had to put in to construct this place. And I'm not saying that that doesn't have its own drawbacks, but if we had given up after being told no, the first, second, third, fourth, you know, all those times, like we would have never gotten here. And once we found you know, a bank that we really jived with and the same for our contractor. I mean, we had to be more patient than I wanted to be to get that team assembled. And we had, and both of us, especially with the bank and the contractor, we felt like we had connections with the people we ended up going back with, but it's like, maybe it wasn't right for them or they weren't sure if they wanted to take it on. And it like, it took us following up giving them time to think, like having those conversations, seeing where we could meet them at to make the project work on both sides um, to make this happen. And I truly cannot imagine trying to have done this project without those people that ended up on our team. But it's like they weren't yeses the first go through. Um, so I think, you know, really knowing your dream inside and out and why it is you're pursuing it and why it, you know, makes sense for the other people. And then being willing to ask and follow up and see what it is they're, you know what I mean? Making adjustments and building that team. I think no matter what you're doing, you might not be building a giant building, but odds are you're going to need other people on your team besides just yourself and getting the right people is just so critical and sticking with it is also, you know, it's not all, sunshine and roses through the whole thing by any stretch um and so you just have to believe that at the end of the day it's going to work out because otherwise you'd give up before you got there so those are two big pieces and then I think also just like being being willing to think differently about what it is like your town needs or how you can accomplish what you want to do in a way that maybe others haven't thought about and so um, like that's something I'm really proud of is how we were able to figure out how to work within the ordinances in our town and how to use those to our advantage to really set our space apart, I think. Um, and that's not to say other people can't now like use that as a template to do their own thing. And I don't begrudge anyone that, but I think if you're looking with fresh eyes at something like that can be where you really find an opportunity. Yeah, it's so good. What's been the most rewarding thing now that you're on this side of the process? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
we're still definitely getting established and finding our footing, but I think just the feedback from the community about like how great they think the building looks, how glad they are to have seen this corner of town, you know, basically get revitalized with this first step. Um, it, the buildings that were here were really run down and had been vacant for a long time. They weren't, I think maybe they were from, you know, the 60s or the 70s. They weren't some like great historic structures and they just really had not been cared for in a long time. And it it has an impact on all the buildings around it and the people that are driving by. So um, just knowing that we were able to take something, make it more productive, make it a more exciting place to be, and then also being able to offer a spot like to the bike shop and some of the other things we've been able to do here locally, like that's the the feedback that I love hearing. Yeah. Yeah. You've been able to do some pretty cool events and just yeah. draw people here for different reasons too. Yeah. Tell us about some of those events. So, um, let me see what pops in my head. The, I will say, you know, we talk about building a dream, you know, from the ground up, both my husband and I still work other full-time jobs. And so it's definitely a balancing act between this and those jobs. And the event piece is something where it's like, I don't always have the brain space or the time to, you know, implement on my own. But I do think that gives an opportunity for some cool collaborations we've been able to do. Um, last fall, we worked with the, it was in August, I think, worked with the bike shop and we planned the first annual community bike fest with a focus on kids and families. So that was really cool to have in town and to use our event space. Um, just a few weekends ago, we had a group down. Um, there were two ladies out of Indianapolis. They have a business called Trail and Vine and they do wine and hiking pairings. And so they were here. Um, we've had... Uh, we did hosted a women's entrepreneur thing in early January. And so like, those are just a few that pop in my head. I definitely hope there are more and there are plenty of cool things that have been hosted here that I don't even have anything to do with. I just tell them the door code to get in and provide the space. But those are three that I was a little more involved with organizing. Yeah. I love that. What a great asset to your community. You're actually involved in the community in a lot of other ways, yeah. too, as if you didn't have enough on your plate. But one of those is being president of the local farmer's market, which, yeah. guys, Kara just gave us an incredible presentation in Cultivate just last week about farmer's markets. It was so good. But what has that experience been like? And talk about the farmer's market and the value it adds to your town. Yeah, um, just... Our market, I think we're going into our sixth season here. It's the Nashville, Indiana Farmer's Market. Um, it runs from May to October on Sundays here in Nashville. And I've really, in the last two years, as, as I've been building, as we've been building the barn burner, had to take a much less like hands-on role with the farmer's market. But that's fine, you know, like we yeah. all go, come and go in seasons. But it is something I'm so proud to have been a part of. Like I said, um, this will be the sixth season, and I think we have increased our vendor numbers. We've increased the customers, you know, year over year. And anecdotally, you know, we keep track of the number of people, but we don't have any way to be like, you're a tourist, you're a local. I mean, we're not splitting that, but I would say 
it has been a majority of local support. And so it's definitely not just something tourists are coming to. It is providing a source of local produce to people that live here, which I'm really proud of. Um, but another cool thing that we've seen is that it has kind of provided that an opportunity for like super small businesses. Like literally you have an idea and you've never tried it out. This is the first time you're trying to sell your candles or your cupcakes or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, we're able to provide a really low cost of entry, like opportunity for people to try out those business ideas and work the kinks out. Um, we've had several vendors that have gone on to get physical spaces within town where they now have like a more regular business and we're sorry to not have them at the farmer's market, but, um, you know, that's just part of the evolution and part of the cool part of having a farmer's market. And, um, something else we're trying to grow that doesn't get used as often as we would like, but we've offered it every season is that we accept SNAP, which is like food stamps and WIC dollars, women, infant, and children. And so that's just another way that we're providing people, you know, maybe with lower income to come have an access to local produce. And we have a program where we're, where we'll double their money. So like if they were going to spend $10 of SNAP money, the market would give them 10 additional dollars so that their, you know, money can go further. There can be a perception that farmers markets are more expensive than the grocery store, whether that's true or not for all products. Um, but we do that as a way again, to kind of incentivize coming to the market. And we're a focus this year is making that more widely known, but those are just a few of the really cool things we've been able to offer with the farmer's market. And it's just such a cool community experience. Um, we've definitely had our growing pains over those five, you know, going on six seasons. But um, despite really, you know, frankly, not having the time to devote to it that I would like in the last two years, it's something I feel strongly about having and continuing to have. And for now, if that means like, I'm just doing what I have to, to, you know, play my role, I'll do that until we can, you know, find more board members and kind of grow it in that way. But it's been a lot of fun and I've made a lot of contacts and a lot of friends through, you know, being involved with the market, which I've loved as well. Yeah. So good. Well, what's next for you? Oh, I don't know. Like get some sleep and <laughs> right. rest. I don't know. Um, I've just recently gotten on the um, Convention and Visitors Bureau board. And so it, even though it might seem like I don't need another thing to do, I think <laughs> it's just a season of seeing what sticks, what fits and how I feel like I can, you know, make the the impact I'm meant to be making here locally. There's a lot of opportunities. And I think anyone in a small town knows, like there's more opportunities than you're interested in or really well suited to to fill. Um, so I'm definitely in a stage of like looking to simplify and scale back in some ways, but also just trying to think what's next and what does that look like and how can I continue to grow my own skill sets and connections and just make sure like the work I'm doing is the most impactful that it can be because we're definitely 
here to stay. And one of my like personal beliefs is if you're in a small town and you, whatever your set of skills happens to be, that it's kind of incumbent upon you to put those to use and, and see where that can fit in. So I'm ready to hand off some things and I'm excited to kind of take on new responsibilities elsewhere, but I definitely don't know what that looks like yet. Yeah. I, I will let you know as soon as I do, okay. but it's a time of reflection and catching a breath and feeling like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. So how do we follow along? Yeah. So one of those other things I'm currently working on is getting better on social media <laughs> and our website and everything, but you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at BC Barnburner. Um, and our website is www.bcbarnburner.com. And so that's where you can see pictures of all the units um, on social media. I'm sharing, you know, as weather and seasons and events are going on, you know, all of those are, are things I'm trying to share there because especially because we're able to host guests, like I want people to know what a fantastic place this is and, and how much we love it and just share a little bit of slice of that. Yeah. So for anyone coming to visit Brown County, Indiana, what do you recommend that they do when they're here? Oh, uh, I, you know, first well, I hope you're choosing to stay with us, but there are plenty of other lodging options. And if you'd rather be in a cabin in the woods, you know, not in town like we are, that's definitely an option as well. Um, but I think, you know, we have a couple great entertainment options, whether it's at the Brown County Playhouse or the Brown County Music Center. There are some really fun restaurants and really it's just like an amazing place to be outdoors, whether it is walking through town um, the Brown County State Park or Yellowwood State Forest, I think there's just a slice for every, you know, there is something for everyone to do. And you got to look at the weather because you never know what Indiana's going to serve up um, and, and use that to guide your place. But whether you like to drink or eat or explore or all of the above, um, it's all here. And that's one of the things I love when people are staying with us. You know, I always give them the offer of if you need recommendations, like I'm happy to give them. And it just, you know, what are you looking for? But definitely find time to get outside and just see some of that, you know, see some of what makes this such a cool place. Yeah. And it's all within this great small town. Yeah. Quaint village setting. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, put that on your travel list for sure. Um, be sure to go check out Brown County Barn Burner. Uh, it's an amazing place to stay. I can't recommend it enough. And um, Kara, thanks for being on the podcast. This was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming down and letting me show you around, Dana. Yeah. You have also been one of our followers from pretty much the very beginning. So thank you for um, just being around for all of that and kind of coming on this journey with us too. Yeah. It's a little surreal to be recording this podcast because I have friends who would just roll their eyes when I'm like, you must listen to this rural revival podcast. This is the coolest story of another small town. And so I've loved learning and seeing about all these other small towns and I'm really excited to get to share ours in this way too. Me too. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.
Well, I love Kara's strategic approach to the Airbnb with the event space and storefronts and commercial kitchen and how they found a way to work within their town ordinances to make this happen. It's a very innovative approach and what a great example for us to learn from. Just a reminder to go check out our Cultivate community for free this month only, and you'll find both Kara and myself inside the group. Sign up now at rollrevival.co slash cultivate with the code CULTIVATEFREE, all caps, no spaces. Huge thanks to Kara for being on the podcast, and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.